We're living in the age of podcasting, which also means the age of podcast networks with large back catalogs, long-running series, limited programming, and even cross-network collaborations. How are publishers supposed to keep this all organized? With Spreaker, of course. Spreaker's customizable publisher plan lets you organize your content exactly how you want it and gives you enough pod tech tools to monetize the largest back catalogs. If you're into premium offerings for subscribers, check out Spreaker's customized RSS feeds to upload and schedule exclusive content with ease. Or use our campaign manager to manage different campaigns from one central platform. Once your podcast business gets big enough, you can even add multiple networks to one account and collaborators assigned to each one. That helps keep the true crime series away from the comedy podcasts and make sure you get the advertisements that will resonate the most with your listeners. So let's move from the age of podcasting to the age of the podcast network with Spreaker. Head to Spreaker.com to learn more. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R.com. Welcome to Overwatch, airing only on Firefall Talk Radio and the Firefall Network. I'm Richard Grund. You may not always agree with our point of view, but you will be challenged, informed, and hopefully inspired to do the research to know more. You should want to know more. Overwatch was created to take Reflections in the Dark to the next level. Reflections in the, in the, reflections in the Dark was boots on the ground point of view. Overwatch is a view from above. We take our spiritual, supernatural viewpoint of current events, politics, finance, cybersecurity, and trends, prophecy in the end times, religion, and the paranormal, and offer it to you for your consideration. Do your own research. Do not be ignorant or caught off guard. And to help us wade through this March madness, we're bringing Joe Citrone off the couch, I mean off the bench, to help us. Hey, Joe. Well, Richard, hello. And uh, it's very good to be here. And I'm glad that I'm off the couch. And uh, I'm looking forward to this show. I've, I've been excited um, intense, in anticipation um, of the topics that we're going to discuss. So I'm sure our listeners out there are going to really appreciate some of the things that we're going to cover tonight. Amen. So before we go any further, we had the spring equinox on March 19th. And summer solstice is coming up June 20th. Passover April 9th, Easter Sunday April 12th, so we are in a new season. Before we went on the air, Croatian capital rocked by a huge 5.3 magnitude earthquake in the morning in their time, less than 24 hours after it was locked down due to the coronavirus pandemic. Quake struck north of the city of Zagreb, leaving a trail of destruction Nurses brought uh, babies in their arms out of the university hospital center as the building crumbled around them. 15-year-old girl reported in critical condition. Several people injured. Quake was felt across the West Balkans with an initial reading of 6.0. One of the witnesses said it lasted over 10 seconds, by far the strongest they'd ever felt. First ripples came around 6 a.m. their time, followed by a 5.3 magnitude blast north of the city, aftershocks measured at 5.1. Tell you what, brother, March Madness has come to society instead of basketball. Absolutely. And it's really amazing to me when I think of all the things that have been happening. And it's obviously, it's no surprise to us, you know, because we've been doing this for so long. But to sit back now and, and reflect on some of the stuff that we talked about before, you know, years ago and, and to see it all kind of molding into it. I'm like, wow, you know, it's, it's pretty mind blowing to me because you follow certain timelines and you say to yourself, it can't be, it's like a movie, you know, until it happens to you, you're kind of shocked and you're like, wow. But 
when I look at the things that we've covered throughout the years and, and to see where we are now, you know, in, in the world, it's pretty scary um, because we know inevitably what's coming. So I'm shocked by it, but I'm not. And I'm glad that we're here to provide that information and to, to press forward into it. And, uh, you know, I mean, for me personally, as, as we start to talk about everything that's going on, I can just tell you that it feels really strange here in the New England area. It really does. And, and I'm sure throughout the world, there's just something that seems a little bit off. And, uh, and hopefully, hoping that a lot of people out there start to wake up and realize what's happening. Yeah, since this began and since I've been talking about it, um, which was day one in December, um, there were three positions that people take. Oh, it's nothing but a hoax. It's the cold or the flu. It's a scam. Others, it's the end of the world. The new world order is coming. Everyone's going to die. And then there's that middle ground where we have to be cautious, self-controlled, seek validity of all sides of the argument, research and verify and the position I've taken is we need to be fearless, not foolish, faithful, not fearful, cautious, but compassionate. Common sense and spiritual sense must go hand in hand. Absolutely. It, it really should, and, and it does. And I mean, my question, I, I guess my question to you is, with what you do with the porch, and your Bible shows and everything and, and the research that you've done throughout the years and some of the revealings and the insight that you've, you know, have received. I know that, you know, you've expressed the, the seriousness and how, how everything is happening with us, um, you know, throughout the world now. But do you feel that we're on the verge of something bigger or or is this just one step closer to where we're going to eventually get. I guess where that timeline is, where where do we where do we rate on that scale of that timeline? Because I remember a show that we had done, um, Reflections in the Dark, probably a couple of years ago now, um, when you always talked about that snowball effect or, or those dominoes. And once they fall, you know, they start getting their traction and they start to speed up and, and it keeps moving down the track quicker and quicker. Do you still feel, from where we are now and, and where we were then, do you feel that we're still going down that hill, picking up that traction, or do you think we're at a steady flow too much bigger um, to the end of that road, if you will? Using that visual, usually when the dominoes fall, start out slow, they begin to pick up pace, and just at the end, they go, they just, they're gone. And I don't think we're there. But if to use the example that the Lord uses in the Bible about birth pangs, I think we're in the Braxton Hicks birth pangs, you know, the ones that feel like you're going to have, have the baby, but it's still not time. You're not, you're not ready. I think that's where we are. We're in the serious birth pangs. So when you, when you talk about the Braxton Hicks, and, and obviously, yeah, I, I definitely know about those. They're these little false alarms. But you always know that it's not too far from from the water breaking, if you will. Right. And uh, so you so you're feeling at this point we're at that at that stage where going to the hospital, um, false alarm, false alarm. But let's keep an eye on it. We're on that. We're on that cusp is what you're saying. We're we're that transition from what what, you know, these the, the Braxton Hicks as opposed to being in, in full-blown labor. Right. Would you, would you say now, would you say that that timeline you, is still further away as far as a length time? Or could this snowball just hit the ground at any time? I guess, obviously, we know that we don't know everything as far as the signs of the times, and, and we know only only the Lord does. But in your gut feeling and in your intuition and in, in your spiritual wisdom that you receive, do you see us being still like this for the next three to four years? No. Or, okay. No. I'd be surprised if it lasted that long. I think this caught everybody off guard, even though we've been saying this for years. And, uh, you know, when I, uh, at the beginning of the year, 
well, actually in December when we started reporting on this virus, people would send me emails as very subtle ways of saying, I think you're wrong. You know, they send me CDC reports or the World Health Organization reports or something from the news media. And I, I never responded. I just held to my opinion. Now, everything I've said has been true. And just simply because I've been reading every article that comes out. I said that this would grow exponentially because if if one infected person infects every 2.3 people they come in contact with, and then those 2.3 infect 2.3, once you get further down the road, it just suddenly explodes, which is what we're seeing. Like last week, um, there are now 189 territories and countries that have cases. Last huh. week, the number was 162,686 worldwide. In seven days, it doubled, 328,000 275. There was 6,065 uh, 6, deaths a week ago. This week, we're up to 14,366. It doubled. Wow. The recoveries are slowing down. Last week, we had 75,620 recovered. Now we only have 95,656 recovered. So only 20,000 people recovered. So what we're we're just seeing that change. Um, I posted on Facebook just before I came on the air, a 12-year-old girl in Atlanta, no pre-existing conditions huh. in an ICU and a ventilator from this virus. So if, if I get this straight with the virus, it has a window of, say, what, 14 days or somewhere around that, like – you you cannot know you have it until probably about two weeks after you have it. So I guess that's the shortest period. Yeah. So that's that's the shortest period. So let me ask you this question then: If I came in, so I come into contact with somebody out there. Okay, that's the only person I come into contact. So technically speaking, there's a 14 day minimum, or, or however it works. Now, does that mean that every time I come in contact with somebody, do I have to rewind that 14 days? They don't really know. They they know once you get it, it embeds itself in the tissue of your lungs, hmm. starts at the top near the vocal cords, and then eventually it'll take over your, your entire lungs, which is why people with compromised lungs usually die pretty quickly. And what hmm. one doctor in Italy described is that they're drowning and they know it. And so they're breathing, 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 boom, they're not breathing. So once you get it, and the infectious period is, well, first of all, you're infected immediately. You don't show symptoms from anywhere from 7 to 27 days. Some of wow. the cases have been three weeks after they got infected. But the entire time you're infected, you're infecting everybody that you cross paths with. That's why they don't know what this thing does and they don't know how to stop it. China China's saying they only have 81,397 cases, and I think they're full of it. The scientists and doctors from Taiwan said from day one at least 200,000 people died in Wuhan. The Chinese are not telling the world that. But so you've got China at 81,397, Italy 59,138, USA is now number three with 31,057 cases, Spain 28,603 cases. Last week, Spain wasn't even in the top 10. Then you have Germany 23,974, Iran, which used to be number two, has dropped down to 21,638. I think Iran's lying as well. Somebody has satellite imagery that they're building mass graves, which means they have so many bodies they can't bury them one at a time. France, 14,045. South Korea has leveled out 8,897. Switzerland, 7,014. The UK, 5,071. The Netherlands, 4,216. And then the numbers, you know, drop exponentially. But the death toll, Italy's the worst. The, the, let's say, let me say, Italy's 
the worst of the most admitted to deaths. They have 5,476 deaths. China's saying only 3,100 people died. That's not true. There's no way that that's true. Spain's got 1,756 and Iran's 1,685. But just, you know, even before we came on the air, President Trump had a press conference. He's activating the National Guard for New York, California, and Washington State to help out. Now, you, Rhode Island's not even... You haven't had any deaths, so there's no, you're not on that list. But New York's had 114 people die. And Washington State, 94. California, 28. Georgia, I didn't even know about. They've had 23 people die. Louisiana, 20. New Jersey, 16. Florida, 13. Colorado, Illinois, and Illinois, 6. Indiana, Oregon, and Wisconsin, 4. Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi, Ohio, Pennsylvania, San Francisco, and Virginia, three. Kansas, uh, Massachusetts, Nevada, Oklahoma, and Vermont, two. Yeah. Arizona, D.C., Minnesota, Mississippi. How is Mississippi on there twice? That can't be. Uh, South Dakota, Tennessee, and Puerto Rico, one. So it, you, you'll see a place that doesn't have any. And then the next week, all of a sudden, it just like pop, 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 pop. That's because the people have had it for anywhere from seven, seven, you know, one week to three weeks. So, okay. So, all right. So now I'm understanding it a little bit better now that I've listened to the stats that you're talking. So with Rhode Island, you're right. There has not been any deaths. But if, if I remember maybe about a week, week and a half ago, there was 17 confirmed um, who had it right so you're right so looking at that now we're about up to what 83 84 somewhere think about why the numbers are going up Hmm. we haven't been testing people right the more and you know i've tried to explain this to people oh you know the flu or this does you know this kills this many people i said first of all this is only three months second of all right they've not been testing that many people the minute they test more people those numbers are going to start to flip and start going higher and higher, which I think that's about to happen. I think they are creating free testing places all over, you know, Walmart, Target shopping centers. And here's the thing that concerns me about that. Here's my conspiratorial guy putting on my tinfoil hat. All right. So that means if I go to be tested, they've now got my DNA whether I wanted them to have it or not. Huh. Huh. So, all right. Let let's let's figure this out. So there's eighty so we go from seventeen to eighty three in, in Rhode Island. It comes to New York, New York domino effects to Connecticut. Um, well you think park- about New York, everybody's on top of each other. You're on a subway train, people in your face. Um you're in elevators where everybody's right on top of you. I mean, you had a, they had a figure that the infectious rate was going to skyrocket. So now, so, so when it goes, all right, so it goes to New York. Last week we were told in Connecticut um, that we were closing down. From there, they had the casinos that, that had closed down, and, and it's kind of like going from there. So Rhode Island is the next. So it's, it's kind of sweeping. It's kind of, it's, it's really odd because the way it's working, it's going from New York, from New York to Connecticut, Connecticut to Rhode Island, Rhode Island. Well, the next one up is, is mass and then into New Hampshire and Maine and all that stuff. So it's almost like it's just spreading across strategically going from one end to the other. And as you just said, there's probably a bunch of people that, are walking around, don't even know that they have it. Right. And that's, and I think that's where people take it very lightly. I could go, you know, go to the store, go to get gas, anything like that. There are people functioning, moving around, doing their things. And of course, you've got the ones that are being protective. They're wearing masks. But just because it's not affecting you personally, as we know right now, it's constantly germinating around. So I, I guess... How do you stop it? That's my question to you. That's okay, the great. problem. They, so they, we don't know. They don't know how to stop it. That's why this was a bioweapon. 
designed in a lab in Wuhan. Um, Dr. Leonard Horowitz, who I quote him, the supernatural battle, sent a letter to the president and everybody involved with the coronavirus um, administration and states unequivocally, I've seen the genome, I've been able to examine its structure according to the paperwork, this is a bioweapon. It has three distinct elements in it that are not natural to one another. Somebody melded this together. He even goes a little further and says, yes, communist China did it, but he believes that whoever the deep state cabal is, they took advantage of it and they let it get turned loose. I, don't, I think that's distinctly possible. And we see Trump hinting at some hidden war that's going on. Somebody else asked me about that. Is that what he's talking about? It could be. It could definitely be that uh, the deep state cabal that he's been battling with decided they didn't care. Now, when you look at the other aspect of that, and this, this wasn't in my notes, but it ties in. In March of 2019, Bill Gates hosts an event called Event 201. And it was about a pandemic, a fictional pandemic that begins in China and then kills 30 million people. Netflix releases a documentary, Pandemic, six-part series in which Bill Gates and Barack Obama funded it, basically saying we're not prepared for a pandemic. January or February this year, February, he has an event called ID2020 that by putting a chip with your vaccines and your medical records, it would better help us in a pandemic. Come on. You're telling me he was a, a this is all by accident? This is just something about this just reeks. And you're right. You mentioned the fact that businesses are shutting down. The only essential businesses are grocery stores, hardware stores, pharmacies, and medical supplies, Food pickup or delivery, and in certain cases like New York and California, they include liquor from the bars, hospitals and medical centers, of course, banks, gas stations, and I guess pet stores so people can take care of their pets. Those are the only essential things that are allowed to be open. But then you look at non-essential businesses and, uh, you know, gyms and uh, things like that. You see, like in your case... uh, your gym got shut down. Boom. One night, that's it. We're closed for a month or whatever they decided to close for. This is going to have a drastic economic effect on on society. And it's straight. It's what was really amazing, not amazing, but was kind of like really shocking about everything was, you know, you go to work, you begin your day, you know, you, you come in and all of a sudden I heard somebody had said to me, Hey, do you know if they're going to be closing? They're going to be closing down the facility, and I'm like, well, why would they do that? Because obviously, just a regular business as usual day, you know. Why would they do that? Well, because of the whole coronavirus and things like that. So, so then I I, I contact my supervisor, and he tells me, yeah, we're, we're waiting right now um, on word, but I think it's it's a reality of happening. And then not even maybe 20 minutes after that we get a phone call that the governor is shutting down all the, uh, all the gym, any all place the gyms that in the ten, area. Yeah. Any place that 10 people or more would 10 gather. 10 people or more would be right. in there. Right. What I find strange, though, is the YMCA still remains open. Ours, ours closed. Okay, so yours closed. Right. So now, are they individually owned? Do they have that choice or... Is it just a matter of time before they get shut down? Because I would think with all the, the swimming, the, the, you know, the, the pools that they have there, the basketball, everything, that you would have to at least close it down. Yeah, they did in Florida because Deb was swimming. Uh, the gyms were shut down, but the pool was open, but then they shut everything down. We drove by the other day, and they're not even letting people park in the parking lot to use the fields. Yeah, so so I think it's just a matter of time, like you said, because Rhode Island might be just the last, at least in this in this tri-state area, might be the last to kind of shut all that down. Because what we were told 
is they're getting strict in Connecticut right now as of tomorrow. I think tomorrow is there's an order to, you know, you, they want you to be in at a certain time at night. I mean, all right. these little things that They did that here, that 11 to 5. So they did 11 to 5 to you. So now let me ask you this question. You know, I've talked about this. We've talked about this whole beta test thing and what's going on. And obviously we've seen we've seen these type of pandemics and plagues, you know, SARS and and all that stuff come out throughout the years. But for me, you can give me definitely give me your opinion on this. It seems that everybody, for the most part, is pretty much adhering to everything that's going on, Um, you know, Places that are staying opened. I mean, like, I'll just tell you this one. So today, you know, I like my coffee. I decided to go to the Cumberland Farms down the street. Um, I know from 11 to 5, as you said, they cut off coffee, I guess, after 4 o'clock. So I go there. Everything is closed off. I have a girl who works there with a mask on, okay? She looks at me and she says, what would you like? I said, I just want to, I want to grab a coffee. And she says, okay, walk around here. And she had to actually make the coffee. I had to watch her make the coffee. And then she just gave it to me. So it was like kind of like a drive through within there. But I, my whole point of saying that is everything is so systemized and everybody's knows their, their jobs and their places and how they're doing things. And, and, and it's all starting to work like an oiled machine. So my question to you is this. If this was another beta test just to see how you can move, the, you know, our planet, the civilizations, the colonies, if you will, in, in to follow certain procedures, is that just another way to say, OK, listen, they passed this pretty good. They did well. Everybody worked with us. You know, now we're going to turn it up in another year or two with something even more devastating. So is this a preparation to see how they control the population, how we move along? Is there resistance? Do we fight? You know, is it like, you know, people talk about the purge and and the movies and and things that come out like that. But it's almost like, is is this just uh, just another way to see how we handle this for something bigger down the line? Yeah, I think so. I, if if I had to predict according to prayerful considerations, I say, like I said, I think this will fade in June, and probably 18 months later will come the big one. Here's what I think they saw, and you were talking, and I was seeing it in my head. First of all, the first thing people did, besides stocking up, they went and got weapons. They got guns. They got ammo. They got prepared. I don't know that the powers that be were prepared for that. So that tells them the only way we're going to pull off any major event is to bring in U.N. soldiers and do it militaristically, which they're going to have a hard time with. There's too many military, ex-military, law enforcement, ex-law enforcement. There's too many people that are trained to resist beside the normal everyday person. They're going to have to create a panic so great the second time that everybody says, here, take my rights. Just give me the vaccine. Hmm. Now, let me tell you a story that I didn't even know about. I read the New York Post first thing in the morning. I'm still a New Yorker at heart. On March 19th, this was reported on March 19th, a cancer survivor who's a businessman comes to Orlando on March 2nd for a conference. He decides to stay in town with his friends and they go to Disney and Universal. He died this Thursday morning, two weeks after developing a cough while visiting the theme parks. Means he's full-blown infected, just about to show symptoms, and he's walking through Disney World and Universal Studios. Mm. How Many people did he infect while he was there. I don't want to give his name because I I don't want to do that. But he's 34 years old. He lands in LAX on March 9th, goes to the ER immediately with a high fever and coughing, 
and he's dead a week later. Wow. See, that's what they don't understand. You're walking around healthy, healthy, healthy. What about this? Let's say you have a great immune system, and you're never going to show symptoms. You may get a little fever. You and I both suffer from sinuses. So if I have a cough or a little bit of fever or some congestion, my first thought is, oh, sinusitis, I got it again. Right. And I've got a pretty good immune system because I haven't had medical coverage since 2000. So I have fought through things and built up my immunity. I'm not, and I'm blood type O positive. So I am the least likeliest to get it. Did you know that if you have type A blood, you're the most likely to get it? Wow. So you, you could have it and not know. That's why they're making, and they know that. That's why they're telling people uh, social distancing, which is a nice term for quarantine. Right. Shelter in place, whatever they want to call it. There's ghost towns. You know, I saw pictures of Hollywood and L.A. It's a ghost town. New York's a ghost town. The only people out are the ones that have to go to work or have to do something. If we don't stop, if we don't flatten the curve, that's what they call it. We're on the upward rise. If we don't stop it before it gets past our medical ability to handle it, the medical system is going to be overwhelmed like it is in Italy, where they decide based upon how old you are, whether you're going to get treated or not. Wow. Wow. So listen to this. In my, when I left the Cumberland Farms in the parking lot, I had made a comment to the girl that was actually making the coffee and, uh, you know, we joked around with the, the whole zombie apocalypse from The Walking Dead because she's a fan of the show. Anyway, when I came out, the guy that followed was behind me was a military guy. And he said, you know, to me, he says, you know what? Um, I know that you guys are joking about it. And uh, he says, but seriously, that's he says in, in some of the places that, you know, we had gone to. If somebody was sick or had any type of disease at all, they'd kill them because of the exact reasons why um, the spread of the virus. So obviously, you know, during war, that's a whole different story. But well, no, then no, I said so far, they, I was about to say it's, it's not so far out of there, though. Now that I started thinking, hey, you know something? Essentially, that could really be happening now. It's it's such. It's such a invisible. It's that invisible warfare. It's it's so biological and and strategically placed that at the end, I think it's really he wasn't that far off. It's just another way that the powers that be are doing it. And here's the other thing, and then I'll have you comment on that anyway. Here's the other thing that's happening: churches, the 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 big churches, um, the the Kenneth Copelands and the Paula Whites. They're all saying, don't let the don't let the virus don't let the virus stop your blessing. Continue to tithe, continue to do this, sow this one, sow that one. So I, I think I, I guess what, what I'm seeing is in the midst of all what's happening and the people who are dying and, and the people who are plagued and have it, there's the other side that's still worrying about how am I going to make money? How am I going to do this? How am I going to keep production going? So it seems like everything is starting to implode from all aspects. This is definitely a society reset. And, right. and if you look at it from what you just said, I said it Wednesday night on the porch. I'm surprised nobody said anything. But then again, anybody who listens to me knows what I think. I said, I hope this kills the mega churches. I hope this drives everybody into the homes or into small groups the way the Book of Acts Church did it. I hope that these behemoths to somebody's egos go out of business because, A, they can't bring that many people together, or, B, the money's gone. That would be the best thing that happened to society. And look at it. They shut down sports. They shut down movie theaters. I mentioned it on Facebook. Have you noticed that? 
we're not missing the athletes or the actors or the people that have been at the forefront of media. They're not valuable to society. Doctors and nurses and EMT and military and law enforcement, uh, pharmacists, they have a, a value to society. We have suddenly remembered what's really valuable and what's not. I got to tell you this one, and you're talking about the mega churches, and obviously I'm not going to get into individualizing any anybody. That's what I'm trying to not trying to do on this. But you just you said something that resonated me, and you can go on to the internet and find and find this anywhere. But there are one particular ministry that said sow a Psalm 91 seed and send 91 dollars for a fake coronavirus hospital for the spiritually sick. Another one turns around and says that I was taken to heaven. I was visiting heaven and I saw the face of God and this is what you have to do and this is what you have to give. And I just say to myself in in general here, if, how do you, as somebody that, say, is a non-believer or trying to even find the Lord through all this, how is it even possible with everything that you are seeing? It is like a complete, what do I do? What, what, where are the false teachers? What is happening with all this? Like, how do I find God in the midst of this chaos? It seems that it just gets tougher and tougher to to weed through the murky waters to find that little that little light at the end of the tunnel. I just I, I, I guess what I'm really scared of, about is how do we continue? I mean obviously I know with, with your ministry and the things that you do, you you know, we're constantly continuing to shine the light. But as the world as a whole, as it gets darker and darker, how do people find it to turn to God during all this when they hit one road here and, and, and they're bouncing off and I don't know what to believe and what's the right way to go or or is this what needs to happen for the Antichrist to come? Absolutely. Is this okay so so I kind of answered my question. Well you, you, as you, I was you brought up an interesting you. point. I believe I believe certain people are going to start to realize that what they've been doing is ineffective. And I'm not talking to people in the pulpit. I'm talking to people in the pews. Right. They're going to start to realize. And I, I said a couple of things Wednesday night that was from my came just burst out of me. People are scared. They want a shepherd that they know is covering them in prayer, interceding for them. I've been doing little videos, and I'm about to do one, and I'm going to talk to the pastors. And say, if you're not getting up every morning and covering every member of your congregation in prayer, if you're not standing in the gap for them, you don't deserve the job. And if you've got more people than you can pray for, you need to sit your deacons and elders down mm. and say, this 10, this 20 is for you, this is for you. You don't start your day without praying for them and interceding for them. We need real shepherds, and I think it's only when the wolf shows up and people get afraid, they suddenly find out whether they have a shepherd or a hireling. Because we're there. We're in scary, scary times, and they want people of faith, people that know how to deal with this. And, they, you know, the whole, the, the guys you mentioned, the name it and claim it crowd, the get-rich guys— I really hope this puts them out of business. I really hope they have to sell their mansions and their jets and their Rolls Royces and Cadillacs and come back down to reality like everybody else. Because once they tighten the screws on society, it's going to really get interesting. Here's the other thing that we're not even thinking about. We're getting ready to go to a cashless contactless society, which means you're not even going to hand your card to somebody. You're not even going to put it in a machine. You're going to wave it or tap using the near-field communication of the RFID technology. That's the next thing. Why? Because paper money and the exchange of the card has germs on it. So I don't use Apple Pay 
with my car, and I don't I don't do that just simply because I don't know who's nearby with right. the with the reader and can pick it up. But it's going to get to the point that no cash, no touching. It's all going to be digital. We're on the verge of what I talked about in January of 2018, a cashless society. Everything's done through blockchain technology, which can't be hacked. problem with blockchain is if you lose your password, it's gone. Whatever you had in that account is gone. But Mm. blockchain technology, cryptocurrencies, once it goes to that, we better watch for the Antichrist. Because if he can take over the financial world and release a pandemic from which he's got the vaccine or the cure, and it's a chip, I guarantee you we Christians are going to stick their hand out and say, chip me, please. Right. Wow. And all of this is happening simultaneously. And people, people are watching it and they're starting to figure out we have America has had the best response outside of uh, South Korea. South Korea shut everybody down, tested everybody, and brought the thing to a standstill. Japan, interestingly enough, has very few cases, and they don't know why. They're trying to figure that out. Could be they haven't tested. I don't know. But the next place that you're going to see that's going to have an explosion of numbers is India. Somebody brought up to me the other day, see, it, it can't live in the heat. Look at India. They have, they only have a handful of people. Well, guess what? India's millions of people, and they've only tested 12,000. Yeah. They're now being forced to test more people, and now the World Health Organization and some of the other groups believe that they're going to be the next hot spot in the world. The only place that doesn't have any, interestingly enough, is Antarctica. That's the only continent. Maybe it's because a there aren't too many people there, or b it's too cold. I don't, you know, I don't know. Or maybe the aliens are hiding there and they don't want it. I don't. <laughs> so, so I don't. Let, let, let's listen. Let's talk about a couple of things because you've said some things, you know, and I'm like, wow, that makes sense. Well, you talked about. The the Antichrist and, and receiving the mark, if you will, in this cashless society and and taking that. And how many people at that point will reach out and and basically sell out because either they want to eat, survive, live, however, however that may be. Uh, you know, I wasn't even thinking that in a case like this, it's the perfect time to see how they can gain agreement with society how far are they willing to go to be able to resume life healthy just imagine this what if you were to take a um a shot um and be injected with something that once you receive this mark if you will and everything is done through a cashless society and 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 you've you've already sold yourself out what what if you were to take some sort of serum that kind of it's kind of a fault it's, it's like a falsified protection that keeps you immune to all the diseases out there to sustain your life to know that your soul on the back end is already done is that really far-fetched to believe that once you receive that mark and you go into the system and you go into the cashless society and now your DNA basically is sold out. Could the Antichrist and could those the fallen keep you alive for X amount of years until the end comes? And that's kind of like your trade off. You see where I'm going with mm-hmm. it? You know, like it's it's almost like selling your soul to you're not going to get plagued by cancer. You're not going to get plagued by, you know, a coronavirus or a flu or anything like that. You're you, you're going to live out now until the end comes, and then you'll be eternally done at that point. But I just wonder if if those are the things that are happening behind the scenes with the powers that be, with the principalities and the rulers. And I'm just wondering if this is just another avenue to make that happen. It's like I'm giving you life. I'm giving you falsified life. That's question number one I need you to answer. And then question number two, 
talked about the aliens lightheartedly. Obviously, we know what they are. But for somebody who can only operate in their mind thinking of an alien point of view as an extraterrestrial other than an interdimensional being, would this be another perfect time to come along and say, hey, listen, you guys are killing yourself. We have the cure. I mean, this seems like there's so many scenarios that can play out. Um, I'm just wondering your opinion on it and uh, what you have to say from that perspective. How many churches do you and I know that believe that orbs are angels have sold out to the paranormal lie? Uh. If you think about those churches, so let's say these tall, really tall, Nordic-looking guys with long blonde hair say we're yes. angels. We're here to help you. We we're, we don't want to see you kill yourselves. And they don't know. They have no discerning of spirits. They'll fall for it, and they'll do whatever those angels say. They're doing it now, some of them. But you brought up something interesting, and if you look at Revelation 9, starting with verse 5, this is the fifth trumpet, and the locusts that are coming out of the pit were not given power to kill, but only to torment for five months, and their torment hmm. was like the stinging of a scorpion. Verse 6, in those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will long to die, but death will escape them. How could that happen if the chip they put in your hand changes your DNA? The thing that makes this virus, COVID-19, the Wuhan coronavirus, is it's an RNA virus, which means it invades the cell, takes over the cell mechanism on an RNA level, and forces that cell to replicate an infected copy of itself. Sure. So... The, the problem with these RFID chips, beside the EMF radiation, is that it, they cause cancer. They cause a degradation of the DNA. So let's say they figure out a way to stop that from happening too quickly, mm -hmm. but that chip's in your hand. It's changing your DNA. Huh. And we're seeing the, the, you know, the again, in China, they've been altering the DNA of children to make the perfect baby or to take out disease or whatever. We're watching science fiction become science fact. And the majority of the church is either blasé about it or then you got the fringe people in our community that have pushed the stories and the nonsense but never give a solution. Well, what's the right. solution to this? What are you going to do when these things show up? You're going to start throwing your DVDs at them? What are you really <laughs> going to do? <laughs> you know, are you going to take the st stand against them? Do you have the faith? Do you have the experiential knowledge and ability to stand against them? Most people are going to tell you no. They're going to say, oh, that's what you guys are for. Well, maybe, but we can only do so much. Right. You know, as we around this last leg of the fourth quarter of this game, since I have no sports to watch, um, when I really start to think of everything and throughout the years and the conversations that we've had, and there were times that, you know, some of the stuff that you've said or we've thought seemed to be a little bit out there. And I always remember you saying, listen, I might sound like I'm way out in left field, but I'm on the field at least. Right. I have to really honestly say, when I go back and I reflect on a lot of the shows that we've had and the things you've said, they have started to all slowly seep through. And I'm like, you know, I remember when Richard mentioned that. I remember when he talked about this. And I remember when we had this discussion. And I remember when he said this and – I was kind of on board, but not fully on board, but okay, that's fine. He's entitled to his opinion. But yet at the same time, here it is three, four, five years later, I'm like, well, he was right. Or So I, I guess what, I, what I'm trying to say is at this point in time, with all that you've known, with all that you've taught, with all that you've seen, with some of the concepts and the predictions that you've had, 
do you find yourself, and obviously we know through faith and where you stand right now, boldly confident in your faith, 100%. But what do you think of having grandchildren and you think of the other people in the world and you start to see these things come through? And a lot of the time, you know, we're looking at things with different eyes. So we see things, you know, a lot differently than the average person is going to, you know, where some of them are in this kind of spiritual stupor, if you will, and they've got those blinders on. But at nighttime, when when all is said and done and you're lying in bed, do you feel fear for those out there that have not seen the light, have not received the Lord, have not understood what's happening in the world? Is it something that you feel more adamant? Now, five years ago, you still said things, but you knew that there was there was still time to do what you needed to do. And there was still time. But now that we're five years older, five years closer, do you feel that the urgency is now more than ever in 2020? Yeah. There's a couple answers. One, I think I may have shared this along the way, but back in 19, oh, I was in Tallahassee. So it would have been early 90s. And I was going to be a spiritual uh, director, a minister at a woman's retreat. And I was meeting with the two other ministers and the the woman who was heading the retreat. And while we were talking, I got pulled into my first open vision. I'm no longer sitting in her room. I'm walking along um, a a rise like a cliff with the Lord. And it's it's bumpy and it's hard to keep the balance. And at one point I almost stumbled and he reached out to grab me. And then I looked down and I realized I'm not walking on the ground. I'm walking on bodies. And then he takes me to the edge of the cliff. And he says, look. And I look over the edge of the cliff and it just piles upon piles of bodies. And I said, Lord, what is that? And there was a sadness in his voice. He goes, those are my children. They were looking for help as they were being chased by the enemy, and they found none. Wow. And I came out of this open vision, and the other people are in my face going, where'd you go? And tears are just streaming down my eyes, and I couldn't hmm. I couldn't even talk about it, and I drove home, and I knew I had to talk to my spiritual mentor and father, Pastor Shelley, and it's late, and I'm figuring he'll be in his office, and I pull into the back of the church where he parks, and there's no car. And I feel really, really lost, and suddenly he pulls up next to me. And I get out, and he looks at me and said, the Lord told me to come here. You're going to need to talk. And I told him. And the tears were streaming down my face, and here we are, 2020. And, you know, five years ago, even 10 years ago when we first started SRT, I was in great shape. I mean, I could have I could have still rocked and rolled with the best of them. But between health and body breaking down and getting older, I thought about it the other day. I said, you know, Lord, I'm training again, but my body can't handle this. And as much as you're telling me I have to be ready physically, I really need you to make me ready from a supernatural way. To use mm. a bad example like the Jedi in Star Wars. We need an infusion right now of faith. We need an infusion of the gift. We need an infusion of the word because what we're seeing right now, it's, it's shaking people, but not to the point. If you lived in Italy right now and you see the people that are dying, uh, you can't get to your parents because they're in quarantine. That one Italian actor, I posted his story on Facebook. He was with his sister who was handicapped, and she dies, and he's in this apartment with her for two days with a dead body because nobody would come in because she had been infected. When you start to see this on a global scale in America and the UK and Australia, you're going to see people shake, and you know what they're going to look for? They're not going to look for hirelings. They're not going to look for people that have a job. They're going to look for shepherds and sheepdogs of the great shepherd who can stand against this and stand in the gap and help 
them get through this. And having said all that, I still know that the carnage is going to be bad. And I don't want to get everybody all depressed, but let's be real. There are casualties in war. And I've seen people say, oh, I'm covered. And they quote Psalm 91. Well, Psalm 91 says, no pestilence will come where? Near your dwelling, right. near your habitation. You go out and about, well, I'm, I'm going to go to the movies. I'm covered, or I'm going to go do this. You step from out, out from under the covering, you're fair game. I'm not sure oh. if that answered the question or not. No, it, 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 <laughs> it, it definitely answered the question. And, you know, as, as we're rounding out the last few minutes of the show, I have to say, first of all, it's definitely, you know, great to have come on the show and, and kind of pick up that whole feel and that vibe of, of what it is, what we did with Reflections in the Dark and, and what you're doing with everything with, with the Bible studies and, and the documentary and all the stuff that's coming out now. And, and, you know, I think I've come to a point in my life that, you know, I can reflect from 10 years ago to now and... You know, you said something really profound today in our conversation, and you're talking about, look, it's it's time to start fearing and, and moving on with things. And, and I really feel that we're at a time now that that couldn't be more true, that there there is a time where you have to exercise that faith. You've got the, the Jedi, as you tell it. You've got this force. You've got this power. You've got this anointing, and you, you, you can't do it always from the confines of of your convenient and, and you know, your comfort zone, that you do got to get out there and you do got to press forward because there are people out there that still need to hear the truth, not to be blinded by, you know, the name it and claim it and, and all that stuff and the prosperity gospels. I mean, I get all that. When we go to the straight word of God, when we go to what we were commissioned to do and and following the teachings of Jesus. The only thing that I can think is you've got to exercise the no fear and you've got to believe, truly believe what, you, what you've seen. And I think with the paranormal and the things that, that we've seen throughout, we've used science to only verify what we knew really existed through our own faith at that point anyway. So I think if what we need to do now is to continue to educate the people that it is time to exercise that faith. It is time to put everything to the test because I think in the next few years, and obviously we don't even know how this is going to turn out, how long this is going to be, um, that it's really a time to come together and realize that, say, look, if you truly believe that Jesus Christ is, is the Son of God, if you truly have that faith and believe in that power, now is the time to really do that and execute it because there are the lost out there that still need to see the light in such a dark world. Amen. Yeah, you know, this is the time, and I hate doing plugs, but this is the time. If you're listening and you believe that what we're saying is the truth, we need your help. We need your support. Go to firefalltalkradio.com. Go to supernaturalresponse.net. Dot com. Any one of those will get you there. There are ways to help us. If you've got any way to support what we do, please do. Because we're going to go out. Once this thing is over, we're going to head out. There's rumors that a certain member of SRT might be coming to Florida. And if that happens, <laughs> it'd be easier for all of us to hit the road. And laugh. And laugh. And, and try to keep a sense of humor in the midst of it all. But the key is this. It, this has been the time that we were groomed for. This has been the time that all of this was about. All the shows, all the podcasts, all the Bible studies over the next however short time it is. And I remember when I first got saved and we did an Easter production at the church I was at. And it was it just rocked and people got saved and delivered. A, a buddy, a brother of mine came up to me and said, hey. I now see it. I see what God's going to do with you. But I have a question for you. What if your ministry, just like Jesus, only happens in the last three years of your life? Wow. Man, I rebuked him. <laughs> I did not accept that. No. I was heading now, and I was going to hit the road. Well, brother, here we are. And it may only be a three-year ministry to the world. 
We've huh. ministered, and we've done it kind of subtly and, and privately with small groups and seminars and, and the videos and, and podcasts like this. But I think this is the time. This is the time to shine the light. This is the time to raise up the remnant. This is the time to get people ready because what's coming next will be much, much worse than this. Good to have you, brother. This worked out well. Yeah, I hope absolutely. the people appreciate it. If you do, go to firefalltalkradio.com. Let us know. Go to one of our social media pages on facebook.com, SRT Overwatch, and just let us know. And we appreciate each and every one of you. But, folks, this, this is where we are. We are faithful. We are fearless. We are standing on the Word of God, and, the, and we will overcome. We will make it through this together, and God will be glorified. I'm Richard Amen. Grund, and Joe Citrone, we, this has been Overwatch on Firefall Talk Radio. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter.